Shalom, brothers and sisters. We have a detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters globally. Today's lesson will be called Leadership Wisdom. Today, brothers and sisters, we're going to talk about mastering leadership. We're going to talk about some of the qualities that it takes to be a pure, unadulterated leader, brothers and sisters. Biblically, biblically, each person has been given leadership roles in one area or another, whether you're in a relationship whether you're a parent, uh, whether you're on a team, or maybe at your place of uh, employment. So each and every person is in some fashion, in one way or another, in a position of leadership. Whether you're a father, a husband, a wife, who's in a leadership role over her children. These are the things we're going to go into today, brothers and sisters. We're going to highlight the characteristics that a person must have in order to be a spiritual leader who excels in both the quality of his or her direction, but also his or her effectiveness, brothers and sisters. Our communities are lacking uh, lacking of leadership, brothers and sisters, of quality leadership. And that was a purpose plan by the enemy, brothers and sisters. I told you a little while ago, these leaders that they call leaders, this included Lena Horne, this included Dick Gregory, and this included comedians, comics, trumpet players, baseball players. Show me in the white community where a comedian is a white leader. Show me in the white community where a singer is a white leader, or a dancer or a trumpet player is a white leader. These aren't leaders. These are puppets and clowns that uh, have been set up over the white community and or over the black community by the white community and have been made celebrities and usually say exactly what uh, they know that the white man wants to hear. So, brothers and sisters, Satan have set up these leaders, these celebrities as leaders. They have attached leadership to money. So if you have money, then automatically you're thrust into a position of leadership when that's not the case. Just because you have finances doesn't make you a leader. In fact, money magnifies your flaws. You don't become a better person with money. It actually exaggerates your shortcomings, brothers and sisters. So they've purposely set up people who they want to be leaders, brothers and sisters. So now Puff Daddy Combs is your leader. Puff Daddy Combs is who's giving you spiritual counsel, brothers and sisters. You think that could be a problem in minority neighborhoods, brothers and sisters, that the athletes, the singers are supposed to be leaders? Because that's not going on in the white Caucasian world, brothers and sisters. There's no basketball player, football player, or singer that holds any weight in activism or, or ch you know, changing anything in life. But when it comes to us, you know, Tupac Shakur, we should, he's a leader. We should follow Tupac Shakur. Brothers and sisters, you guys are the leaders. The common man is, are the leaders. The common woman are the leaders. Not these celebrities that they pay. And because they have some level of status, automatically they become a leader, brothers and sisters. This world is eroding in the quality of leadership, brothers and sisters. And the, any, the enemy has a devious plan to set up these puppets. Satan would set up these puppets and would be a, vent a ventriloquist for these particular clowns. They would say whatever he want them to say, brothers and sisters. So they give us our who we aspire to be. Puff Daddy Combs is now who our sons are aspiring to be, brothers and sisters. Not Moses, not Jeremiah, 
not Isaiah, not Ezekiel, not Christ, but Puff Daddy Combs. Mm -hmm. We're going to Proverbs 11 and 14, brothers and sisters. We're talking about leadership. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's a safety. Brothers and sisters, leadership is integral to a nation, brothers and sisters. Without leadership, a nation falls. Can you read that again? Verse 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Right. So leaders are needed. And we don't have any leaders, brothers and sisters. Our leaders are basketball players and celebrities, which that's not a real leader, brothers and sisters. We cannot underestimate the power of leadership. Without strong leadership, a nation cannot stand, brothers and sisters. And we point these these particular things out because it's to the young men, the young women, this generation and the generation after us to become the leaders, brothers and sisters. Even if you're in a situation where you don't make the most money at your job, you can still be a leader because what do, the, what do one thing have to do with the price of tea in China? It has nothing to do with that. So don't think because somebody make more than you that you actually can't be leading them, brothers and sisters. As the number of legitimate and godly advisors grow, a nation gets stronger. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. See, where there's no leaders, the people fall. But when there's a multitude of leaders, a multitude, not one man. This is not. There's going to be no Moses, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of you must find it within yourself to be the best leader that you can within your own space. So with your family first, the Bible says you get your own house in order before you go out and try to do anything. Get your house in order first, because your house is going to be an example to get other people to follow. it. So even if you're in a, a relationship, a girlfriend, boyfriend situation, a man is supposed to give a woman a purpose. He's supposed to give her the plan because if you give her the house, she'll make it a home. If you give her the food, she'll make it a dinner. So you have to give her the plan and let her multiply it, brothers and sisters. So many times we're just getting together because somebody, you like their derriere. Or because he have a nice car. And that's shallow, brothers and sisters. We have to look at it as, who can I, you know, build a legacy with? A woman should be able to look at a man and say, I trust him to lead me. And if we have children, to lead my children. We're going to go to Jeremiah 31 and 22. Leadership, brothers and sisters. We are going through leadership training so we can assume this identity. Unless we're going to allow Puff Daddy Combs to do it. Jeremiah 31 and 22. How long wilt thou go about? O thou backsliding daughter, for the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A new thing. So this is something new that would happen with our people. A woman shall compass a man. Right. So you would have women leading the families, brothers and sisters. That's what this is talking about. In these last days, the woman would be leading the family. That she would have surpassed the man in influence, in how much money is being made, and the decisions that are being made in the house. This was prophesied. Because if you deal, you look in Israelite homes, it's predominantly, at least the ones that are not in the truth, the woman is pretty much ruling everything. Look at, look at your grandfathers. Look at, look at how it is, brothers and sisters. And it's not like that when you're going to Edomite house. When you're going to Edomite house, the man is the man. And he's probably a little bit, you know, 
have too much uh, vigor with him. But nonetheless, the order, the, the order is proper, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother Corey. Verse twenty-two: How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. So women should not be leading, brothers and sisters, at the head. They should be leaders within their, you know, of course, their uh, their group. But when it comes to a family, they shouldn't be a leader, brothers and sisters. Why? Because women are governed by their emotions, brothers and sisters. And that's not good when you're trying to make critical uh critical decisions so women you know and that's no that's no jab at women women don't want to lead brothers and sisters that's not in their nature <laughs> they want to be led so that's we're not saying something you know against women women by definition you know want to be led that's what def uh defines their attraction to men because they want to be led so it's the man's obligation to be able to lead brothers and sisters if a Woman can't come to a man, her man, for some level of guidance and counsel. There's something seriously wrong there. And, and I don't mean something like, well, how do you, you know, change oil? I'm not talking about trivial things, brothers and sisters. I'm talking about spiritual things. If a woman can't come to you, then we have to examine that, brothers and sisters. In order to take the leadership role, a woman would have to consciously become masculine. So women don't want to lead, brothers and sisters, but they will if they have to. They will if they have to, brothers and sisters, because the men are doing what? Not stepping up. So the woman is like, okay, well, you step off then, and I'll carry everything. And that's what's going on. But now it's time for the men to, to step up, brothers and sisters. Women don't want to be, they don't want to be leaders. They want to be led. It's, it's not in their nature. They would have to consciously become masculine brothers and sisters and lose their delicacy their fairness and elegance their allure brothers and sisters but we hear sisters especially in the Israelite community say they're fed up with these immature men so our, our brothers brothers let's get it together brothers and let's take back our righteous power brothers and sisters Let, let's get it back because a woman will step down but we must prove to her that she can trust us in our direction with her and her family and her future going forward, brothers and sisters. Brothers, you're not just something to lay down in a bed with. That's not your purpose. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is to give instruction and leadership and bring value to a family, to a woman. That's what your purpose is. So, men, that's what we're going to do. We're going to step up. We're going to give that instruction and that value, and we're going to lead by example. We're going to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Spiritual training for leadership, brothers and sisters. We are leaders in training. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. Read that again, brother. 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So men have to be men, brothers and sisters. Men have to be men. Why? Because she's looking for you to lead her. She's looking for you to lead, brothers. So that means the games must stop. Are we saying you can't play games, you know, ever? No, that's not what we're saying. But the toys have become an impediment to your growth. Women hate stagnation, brothers. 
Women hate stagnation. They want to see growth from year to year within their home. So when they see stagnation, then they start to get very irritable because they feel like, I didn't sign up for this. I signed up to create a legacy and march into the kingdom. I didn't sign up for this. So, brothers, we, we're taking our righteous power back, and we're going to find out what the Bible says about how we should lead our family and our friends. How do we become those leaders that the Most High need us to be? He needs you to lead, unless you're going to let Puff Daddy Combs do it. If you're going to let Puff Daddy do it, then you just stand to the side. But we need the, the everyday common man and woman to get their power back and get charged up. But what's to come, brothers and sisters? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. <clears throat> when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So we must lead, brothers and sisters. We must lead our sisters, our women of our nation and our children. It shouldn't be a time where a woman come home and you're glassy-eyed staring at the ceiling. That's not... Put the childish things away, brothers and sisters. A woman, can you have to prove that you can? she can trust you with her legacy. These are the things that our sisters should be requiring. Because that lets you know if it's real, if this is a man of God, or is this a man I'm not going to be able to control. Because a man of God is accountable to God. Therefore, a woman should be able to trust that more. Because he's not just accountable to her, he's accountable to God. And that's, that's the key part, brothers and sisters. We're not looking to excoriate the men. We're looking to stimulate the men. We're looking to encourage the men to gain their righteous power back. We're going to Ezekiel 34 and 31. The Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Ezekiel 34, verse 31. And ye, my flock of my pasture, are men. Read that again, brother. And ye, my flock of my pasture, are men. And I am your God, said the Lord God. The flock of the Most High's pasture is men, brothers and sisters. The 144,000 are all men, brothers and sisters. Of course, there'll be women covered under that mark the same way when you put the blood on the door in Egypt, everybody in that house was covered under that mark. So the women will be covered under the man. And for sisters that don't have a man, they're going to be covered under Christ or the man in their life that's under the truth, whether it be an uncle, whether it be a nephew, whether it be a brother or son-in-law or son, you'll be covered under that. But read that again, brother. Verse 31. And ye, my flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God, said the Lord God. Right, so the men are called to be the head. The head leads the body, brothers and sisters. Assuming the body listens to the head, then the head leads, right? Otherwise, it's, a, it's an uncoordinated body that doesn't function properly. Now, we must understand that there's feedback from the body to the head. So if the head tells the hand to pick up something hot... Understand that the body will react. So just because you're a man, just because we're men, does that does not mean we're quality leader, brothers and sisters. Just because we know plenty of men that you know couldn't galvanize anybody. So just because we're men, that doesn't make you know doesn't mean we're the the, the perfect leader. 
first, a leader must be wise, brothers and sisters. If it's a leader of a family or a job or a sport, he must be a student. He must be wise. She must be wise. Usually those are the people who people are going to want to hear from. When you come and you're talking, you're always saying something godly and wise. So people, they listen to you a lot because they're just curious on the things that you're saying. Brothers and sisters, we're going through leadership training. We want to implement what we're going to learn today to to strengthen uh, our effectiveness, our efficiency with our leadership qualities. We're going to Proverbs 9 and 10. Because just because somebody is a man or a male does not make them a good leader. They must first be wise. Now, how do you begin to measure a man's wisdom? Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Read that again, brother. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is how you begin to measure a man's wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. See? So, wisdom begins with the fear of the Most High. So, if a man fear God, that's the first mark. Okay. Okay. You got the first... Okay. You got past that part. Because if you don't fear the Most High, you have no wisdom. And we put it out there for the atheists and non-believers who try to come off as intellectuals with this Big Bang Theory and evolution. They try to come off as intellectuals. Read that again, brother. Verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holiest understanding. See? So if you fear the Most High, that's the beginning of your wisdom. The only person that can lead you or, or you can be a leader. Only you can lead people if you fear the most high. Because that means you have the beginning of wisdom. Because why? You shouldn't be a leader if you don't fear the most high. Because you're not leading people correctly. And I ask questions all the time. Should you be afraid of God? Should you, be, should you fear God? They're like, nah, why would you fear God? You shouldn't fear God. I'm like, hmm. Thought so. Thought so. <laughs> you should fear God when you had your parents, you feared your parents. Not that they were going to kill you or something, but you feared them and you respected them because you didn't want to deal with the repercussions. That's what it is. And, and that's the beginning. You fear him the same way you fear your parents because that'll make you respect him, brothers and sisters. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19. This is for those atheists who try to come off as intellectuals. Well, really... You know, some stardust. It uh, <laughs> it came together, and it was a uh, an expl you know, explosion, and uh, everything we see came from there. Well, actually, scientifically, genetics show that we share the same traits as a gorilla. See, these are the things, brothers and sisters, and they think they're actually smart by saying this. Well, actually, you know, the 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 weight mass. Of a Mars moon rock actually says that there's water there. See, this is what happens. Uh, read, read verse 19, brother, because this is what the most high, this is how we think when they're saying this stuff to you, to us, this is how we feel. First Corinthians 3 and 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Read that again, brother. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own crafty. So the wisdom of world that worldly men esteem is foolishness with the Most High, brothers and sisters. 
So when we hear this stuff that they think is super deep, we're like, this is a fool right here. And why is that? Why are they fools? Why are these schools breeding fools? Because nothing in those schools told you to fear the most high. Everything they're teaching is the question the most high. It's, it's the question uh, who created the earth. It's the question scientifically if you can prove there is a God. It's the question of could the sea really be split? See, everything they want you to you know, put your mind to is actually questioning the Bible's account. So the wisdom of this world is foolish. And a lot of times the higher you go up in academia, the PhD, when you start getting those letters behind you in there, the further away from Christ you're getting. Because they're not teaching you to fear the most high, brothers and sisters. They're actually teaching the opposite. So the beginning of wisdom is fear for the most high. If you love the most high, you fear the most high. And in turn, you follow his commandments. We're going to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. Leadership. If a man don't fear the most high, he's in no position to be a leader. He's in no position. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. A man must know his purpose before assuming a leadership position or a woman. Fear God and keep his commandments. Read that again. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That's the whole duty of man. That's man's purpose, brothers and sisters, is to fear the Most High and keep his commandments. So if you're not fearing the Most High and keeping his commandments, as it pertains to the Bible, you're in no position to be a spiritual guide for anyway, for anyone. That would be spiritual malpractice to allow you to lead somebody and you don't fear the most high. So that's the first thing, brothers and sisters. So that's something we want to we want to be leaders, but we want to be godly leaders, brothers and sisters. And it starts with the fear of the most high. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man. So a lot of people want to know, what's my purpose? What was I put here for? You were put here to fear the Most High and keep His commandments. If you do that, the things that you want, that you yearn for in your heart, will be delivered to you. You just have to do this part. Fear the Most High and keep His commandments. See, this is your purpose. Your purpose isn't to do what a woman wants you to do. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is to, of course, respect that woman and treat her like Christ treated the church, but your whole existence is not tied to a woman in this. You need to understand that because women are help mates. So they have to help do something. And that's the purpose that you give them. Don't allow a woman to pull you off of your mark on what you're supposed to do for the most high. Because if you do, you're going to lose that woman because the most high is going to take her away from you because you're not, you're not deep. You're not distributing your attention in the right fashion, brothers and sisters. And it's the same for sisters, too. The plan that the Most High have for you, it don't change or become less because you get married or you have children. That workload that he had for you, you still have, plus all of your other responsibilities. So don't think because you got 10 kids that that means you do less work for the Most High. It don't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. You are responsible. We are all responsible, brothers and sisters. To fear the Most High and keep His commandments. That's the first mark of a good leader. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. 
But this is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Daniel in the Old Testament. We're going to read chapter 12, verse 3. Daniel 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. They that be wise. We've, we, we read what the beginning of wisdom is. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Right. So, brothers and sisters, it's your wisdom that will ultimately elevate you to a position of leadership. It's evident. You don't have to tell people you're a leader. You, you don't have to go, yeah, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. No, no, no. It's evident by your wisdom, by your biblical acumen and your behavior that, you know, the wisdom will show itself. So when you're amongst people, your family, your friend, you don't have to prove that you know all this high knowledge. You just be that man of God, that woman of God. And just by you following those laws, statutes, and commandments, they will understand that you're wise. They'll understand that you're wise, brothers and sisters. They will want to hear what you have to say. They'll listen to you. As somebody who never who, who speaks with no substance, people really ignore them. But when you speak, you bring power, you bring edification and understanding. Because you're following the Most High. And he's giving you the words to speak. Mm -hmm. Read that again, brother, please. Daniel 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Right, that means you shine in the darkness. A, a, a star can, can't stop itself from shining. So when you, when you have that wisdom, you can't even hide it. You can't hide it. It's emanating out of your chest. Everybody sees it. It's making them uncomfortable. But if they have a need of prayer, they'll come to you. They may not like you any other time, though. That's usually how it works. Until they need you, your prayer skills, you know, that's the only time. So, brothers and sisters, this is our purpose. Our purpose is to keep the Most High's commandments and fear Him and to let that light emanate. People who are leaders are supposed to be trying to bring people to Christ. That's the whole point of being a leader. A lot of people, you know, say they're leaders, but what are you leading people to do? Are you leading them to come closer to the Most High or do something else? We're going to go read that one more time, actually, brother. Verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Right. So the wise, the brothers and sisters who fear the Most High will shine so it, when you're in a room full of non-believers, whether it's at a school or you know a job, it's evident that there's something different about you, mm -hmm. completely different from everybody else, and you can't help it. It's just shining, and you can't really stop it. What are you going to do, hide the light? What are you going to put it under a bushel like the Bible says? <laughs> exactly not. I'm not going to dim my light so you can feel comfortable. No. No, sir. Don't work like that. No. We're going to go to Proverbs, brothers and sisters, 21, verse 1. We're going to go into the qualities that can, the qualities that are required to be a good godly leader. Women, men or women. Proverbs 21, verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Right. When it says the king, you can say the leader because a king is a leader. So the leader's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, 
He turneth it to whithersoever he will. See, so what does this mean? This means submission to the Most High is a requirement. If you're going to be a good leader, you must be submitting to the Most High. If you're not sub submitting to the Most High, <laughs> you're not a good leader. In fact, you're not a leader at all. You're a follower. Leaders have to submit to the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. Right. So this is the most important characteristics of a good leader, brothers and sisters. When a man or woman is submissive to the Most High, to God, and the Holy Spirit, God will direct, direct them into his ways, into his path on how to glorify him best, brothers and sisters. Spiritual submission is a principle that had powerful application implications, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Right. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, brothers and sisters. Submission to the Most High is a requirement of any good leader. Any leader that wants to be established under the work of Christ must submit to the Most High. Submit means give it up and allow him to lead you. Whatever it is he wants you to do, you just do that. Then you can be utilized. Hebrews 10 verse 5. Wherefore when he cometh into the world he saith. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Right, so this is Christ saying he came in to the earth to be to sacrifice himself, to do what the most high wanted, brothers and sisters, to fully submit. Can you read that again, brother? Verse five. Wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body has thou prepared me. Right. So we must be willing to discipline ourselves, to submit to a higher authority, to prepare ourselves for leading others, brothers and sisters. You must do that in order to be able to lead others. You must be able to submit to the Most High fully. Then once you submit, you can lead after that. So in order to become good leaders, we must first become good followers, brothers and sisters. And submission will improve your leadership abilities. We're going to Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. See, so a good leader, brothers and sisters, has an intimate relationship with the Most High. Over and over, the Bible tells us that spiritual awareness leads to a great, to greater insight, brothers and sisters. So if, if you're looking for a leader or trying to teach your son how to be a leader, these are the qualities right here. These are the things that a man should, should uh, exemplify. When he's in a relationship, when he's leading a family, when he's amongst his friends, when he's amongst his family. These are the things. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So a strong leader prioritizes spiritual discipline because they know that their connection with the Most High is where 
they derive their stamina, their strength, their power, and their insight, brothers and sisters. That you know, without that connection, you're not a leader. You're a manager. So we must, we must go to the Most High for direction and for counsel, brothers and sisters. We must discipline ourselves. A man who's not spiritually disciplined is not in a good position to be able to lead yet. Maybe one day, but if he if he's still having problems with self-denial, if he can't deny himself, you have to examine him because he's going to lead his family off. He's going to lead his family. And a woman is not going to follow that anyway because a woman is only going to follow a man of God. They're not going to follow. They're going to run off and do whatever they want to do. But when they see you submit to your father, they will submit to you. Usually when you're in a relationship and it's not going right, you know, she's off a little bit. The Most High is showing you how you are to him. That's usually how it happens. When she's not acting right, you know, she's got an attitude. He's usually showing you how you've been acting towards him. Because he's going to give you exactly what you are to him. So if you, you know, are going against him, he's going to give you a wife or a girlfriend, a husband that's going to go against you, brothers and sisters. We're going to Psalms 32 and 8. Psalms chapter 32, verse 8. <clears throat> Psalms 32, verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Right. So a good leader, brothers and sisters, an exemplary leader, seeks direction from the Most High. That's where he gets his direction from, brothers and sisters. That's where she gets her direction from. Is there anything more important than a leader seeking the Most High's direction. The Most High, walking with the Most High requires an intimate, prayer-filled reliance on God's power. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Right, so <clears throat> biblical leadership is truly impossible if you haven't prioritized fostering a deep spiritual sensitivity, brothers and sisters. In order to lead, you must have direction. Because why? Direction is more important than speed. Many people are going nowhere fast. So a leader must have direction. If you're trying to lead your family, lead a girlfriend or wife or you know your son, your daughter... Brothers and sisters, you must have the direction. You must give them direction. That's the first thing. You must give them purpose and a direction. And then you help them run. You let them run, but you help them. You escort them. Read that one more time, brother, please. Psalms 32, verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Right. See? So a good leader seeks the most high's direction, brothers and sisters. That's, that's what we must do. When somebody comes to you for advice, you must lead them in the way that the most high would lead them. Not how your personal feelings are. Because your personal feelings may be like, well, I would have I let them know what was up. I would have told them. You don't want to do that. See, we don't do... Nah. If you want to be in a leadership position... If you're going to be in the leadership position, you have to lead in the fashion that the Most High would lead. Not telling people how you personally feel about something. 
That's not good, brothers and sisters. If you're going to be a leader, you must lead in the way that the Most High would want you to lead, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 37 and 3. Just a few chapters over. Just a few chapters over. We're going to read verse 3 and 4. Psalms 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord. See, leaders seek delight in the Most High, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. See, so if you delight yourself in the Most High, he'll give you what your heart already wants. There's so many temptations for leaders. If they're not careful, they'll end up putting their trust in themselves or in their strategy. And successful or not, leaders' trust and delight should always be in the Most High, not in themselves. It's not anything great about us. There's nothing great about us, brothers and sisters. We're sinners. There's something great about the Most High. So we should delight in gaining information and instruction from Him. Because He don't speak to everybody. He speaks to those who love Him. And how do you love Him? By keeping His commandments. So what we've already, if we can recap a little bit, we've already learned that a man or woman must know their purpose. They must know their purpose. And they must know the beginning of wisdom. We know the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Most High. And we know the direction is to follow the instruction contained within Scripture. So those are the things that those are the things that once you see make a good leader. That's the beginning of those things. If a man or woman fear the Most High, if they keep the Most High's commandments, if they know their purpose, now, now we can, you know, now you can be start people will start to view you as a leader in whatever, maybe not in all circles, but in certain circles, you are a leader. Even if you're a little, if you're a brother and you have a little brother, you're a leader. You're a leader to somebody. So we're all going to receive these qualities and we're going to try to use these qualities uh, and implement them to make sure that our leadership quality becomes more efficient. Can you read that one more time before we move on, brother? Psalms 37. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Right, so we must see delight, we must see joy in seeking the Most High, and his commandments and following his laws. It must be jo joyful, because... If you are not joyful about following the law and you're a person who seems like it's a hassle for you, how are you going to lead somebody? How are you going to be a leader and, and following the laws is a hassle for you? So if you're going to be in a leadership position over your family, over your friends, at your place of uh, employment, you must not show that you're exhausted and it, it weighs down on you. It's a heavy burden to follow the most high. Because I wouldn't come to you for any instruction if you you sound like you're not even happy about doing it. So we must we must we must embody joy, brothers and sisters, delight in following the Most High and not following our own way. We're gonna go to Proverbs twenty and twenty eight, brothers and sisters. Proverbs twenty. Verse 28, mercy and truth preserve the king, 
And his throne is up, upholding by mercy. See? So love and faithfulness, brothers and sisters, keep a king safe. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. Mercy and truth preserve the king. And his throne is upholding by mercy. Right. So, brothers and sisters, it's about love. Love. A, a leader must have love. They must Love must emanate from them, brothers and sisters. How do we love? How we love is more important than what we know or what we achieve, brothers and sisters. It's about love. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's just a simple fact of it, brothers and sisters. They must know that you care before they want to hear anything that's coming out of your mouth. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 28. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and his throne is upholding by mercy. The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is their gray head. Right, so we're dealing with the, the, the characteristics, the character quality traits of a good leader, brothers and sisters, and that's love. If you want to lead, you must love people. Therefore, they know you love them, they'll give ear to the things that you want to share with them because they know you love them. But if they, they, they're, they're not cognizant of your love for them because it's not evident in your behavior or how you treat them, then it's not likely that they're going to receive what you're saying. So we have to, we have to exemplify love, brothers and sisters, as leaders, even with your families, even with your brothers and sisters, your employees, your colleagues, your teammates. Love, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew 20 and 26. We're going to the gospel, brothers and sisters. Matthew 20, verse 26. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. A minister means a servant, brothers and sisters. So leaders must practice humility, brothers and sisters. Right? Humility. This is another strange addition to the world leadership's lexicon. Humility? If I'm a leader, why do I need to be humble? This is the Bible, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 26. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Right. Minister means to serve it, to minister to somebody, to work for them, to serve them. If you want to be great, you must humble yourself. Biblical leadership isn't about standing above everybody. It's about serving them. And we must understand that, brothers and sisters. It's called a servant leader. That's what it is. You're a servant. And that lets that that leads you to lead. Spiritual leadership is not aimed so much at directing people as it is developing people, brothers and sisters. So we gotta understand that. It's not about being the boss of somebody. That's not what leadership is. Leadership is trying to show a way for brothers and sisters to grow. Whatever it is, maybe it's in sports and you you know, you're a really good sports person, shoot baskets. You know, the leader is gonna help people, everybody else shoot baskets good. That's how it is, because you're the leader. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 26. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be a minister. Right. Continue. Verse 27. And whosoever be chief among you, let him be your servant. See, so the head should actually be the servant, brothers and sisters. So when you're in, you know, the world... And you, you're probably the most educated person in the room. You can still serve and condescend. 
because that's really what shows it, is that you have the knowledge to sit with these these top philosophers, but you treat the common man with just as much respect as you treat the CEO. You treat the janitor the same way you would treat the CFO or the CEO or the president of the company. We must make it our aim to assist development in, in people rather than dictating plans. A leader is helping assist development. He's not dictating what people should do. That's not a good leader, brothers and sisters. That's not a good leader. You want to be a leader that people actually like. It's different being a boss where you know you got to do what the person said, but you don't really like them like that. You can be a leader and still be loved and liked if you treat people with love and humility. Remember, Christ washed the feet of his disciples. Even though he was the leader, he washed the feet because it was significant. to show that to keep you humble, no matter how much you think you might know, you don't know more than Christ. And he stayed in the spirit of a servant. So that's what we must be. A lot of times we get that knowledge and we get puffed up. We get arrogant because we know something. Well, I know who I am. You've been lying to me. That's usually what happens, brothers and sisters. Just think about how proud we were back then when we all knew. Very arrogant, very proud. The more you learn, the more humble you should become, brothers and sisters. Because why? You're in a position of power. It's just like an ant right there. You're not going to stop on the ant and start dancing on the ant. Because why? You're in control. And once you have this knowledge, you're in control. So you don't have to act out aggressively towards anything or anyone. Because you're in control. We're going to go to Matthew 18 and 4. Just a few chapters over, brothers and sisters. We're talking about humility for the leaders. A leader must be humble. Matthew 18, verse 4. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as the little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Right. So leadership, brothers and sisters, is all about service. That's what it's about. When people aspire to leadership, it often stems from a hunger for significance, though. And that's a dangerous reason to seek leadership. Because once you get it, you're likely to abuse it. Leadership is not about telling people what to do or about being seen. Leadership is about helping everybody around you to grow along with yourself. The higher you want to climb, the more of a servant you need to become, brothers and sisters. If you want to be at the front of the pack, you need to be a servant to all. You must serve all. That's the only way you can be viewed as a leader, brothers and sisters. A, a godly, biblical, righteous leader is to be a servant. I know it sounds backwards. How, why am I serving if I'm a leader? Because the purpose of being a leader is to serve, to make people better, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Mark 9 and 35 in the gospel. <clears throat> We're going to go through some, some spiritual training in, as it pertains to leadership, brothers and sisters. Because a lot of our brothers, we, we don't have the right role models. Our role models are Michael Jordan, <laughs> Puff Daddy Combs, J Jigga, uh, Jay-Z. These are our role models, brothers and sisters. And that's why our communities are the way they are. Nobody aspires to be a Malcolm X, a Martin Luther King, a Jeremiah. Now it's time to wake up and, and get that position back, brothers and sisters. And you can show you a leader 
just by following the most high. Because the majority of the people are not going to do that. So automatically, when you walk into a room of non-believers and unbelievers, you're already standing out. You're already standing out. So you don't have to do anything extra, but follow the Most High God, and you will be elevated to a leadership position. Mark 9 and 35, brother. Mark 9, verse 35. And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. If any man de desire to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all, brothers and sisters. It says first because what? First is the leader. So if you're the leader, you serve all people. Not just one person. You serve all people. A lot of us have no interest in leading because then we would be accountable to those who we're responsible for. And that's really what it is. That's why the celebrities don't really want to be role models. Because if they, if they accepted the position of role models, they would have to curtail their behavior. And they're not willing to do that. Not for you, because you want to look up to them. So it's time that the, 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 the everyday working woman, the everyday working man, elevate to be spiritual leaders in our communities, brothers and sisters. Spiritual leadership is using God's methods to get his people where he wants them. Using, relying on his power. That's what a leader does, brothers and sisters. He, get, he gathers the Most High's people and give them the purpose and the plan and allow them to elevate. That's what a leader is supposed to do, brothers and sisters. But first, great leaders must be great servants. Leadership is about others, not you. Leadership is about others. And we have to remember that, brothers and sisters. It's not about us. It's about those who you're serving, who need whatever it is that you're providing. We have to remember that because it's evident. People catch on to things. People catch on to the intent of your heart by the way your mannerisms are, the way you talk, the way you look at certain people, the way you hold conversations, let people know whether you're there for the right reason in humility, wanting to help, or are you trying to show that you deep and that you over everybody? See, because people catch on to that. Because you're speaking to me in a condescending fashion as if I'm beneath you and you can't do that. But a lot of our people, they do. They want to show how much knowledge they have. And that's not a good leader. You can have all the knowledge in the world. You're still not a leader. You're not a leader. Because you have no love. You have no humility. We're going to go to Acts 20 and 28, brothers and sisters. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts 20, verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Made you overseers to feed the church of God. Which he hath purchased with his own blood. See, so leadership, brothers and sisters, is about watching over yourself and others, brothers and sisters. As leaders, we have two major jobs. To watch over those under our care and to watch over ourselves, brothers and sisters. If the attention is only on those who we're leading, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're worrying, you're not, you're forgetting about you. You just worried about everybody else, but you're not even doing self-reflection to say, these are the things I need to work on. So we got to be careful with that, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock 
over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Right. So the Bible defines spiritual leadership as knowing where God wants his people to be and then taking the initiative to use God's methods to get them there. That's what leadership is. That's what spiritual, biblical leadership is, brothers and sisters. So if you're looking after your brother, you're not going to come to your brother and say, you want to go half on a key of cocaine? You want to, you know, we, we sell that together, you know? Or you're not going to come to your home girl and say, you know what? I've been stripping for the last year. You should do it. It's easy money. You, you know, you can meet a bunch of guys with nice car. You're not looking out for your brother. You're not looking out for your sister. You're trying to get your brother thrown in jail. Hey, bro, you know, let's go get this uh, pound of ganja, of reefer. Let's sell that together. You're a, not a leader. You're leading your brother into the pits of hell. Don't ever come to people and try to get them to engage in sin. You're if you do that, you're definitely not a leader. You're definitely not a leader. Even if you were going to sin, you're not going to open your brother or your sister up to it. If you're looking after your brother, you're looking after your sister, you shield them from that type of stuff. And you don't show them that type of stuff. You don't ask them to do something illegal. You don't ask them to do that. Because why? You're a leader. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all of the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Right. We're going to go to Matthew 5 and 14. Going to the gospel, brothers and sisters. We're jumping around a little bit here. And, you know, if we're going a little too fast, pause the video. Get your, you know, get your pen and your paper or go back on it. But this is a particular lesson that I think uh, everybody could use. Um, especially the men, but the women also, because a woman who's coming out into the world who is looking for a husband, she wants to look for these particular qualities because these qualities belong to a man of God. Women have lowered their expectations. If they elevated their expectations, the man would change. Trust me. The man would change to whatever the woman wants. Why do men like nice cars? Because women like nice cars. Why do men like to get haircuts and be pampered? Because women like it. So everything that men do is, you know, for women in some fashion. I want to get a high-paying job so I can take my woman out on a, a, to a, other countries. So everything in the back is actually going for a woman. So we must learn how to be leaders. We must give a woman a purpose. A woman that meets you must get a purpose from you. She must be different from that day forward, forever. She must know her purpose. She must know her identity. Your kids, the same way for mothers who are leading children. You have to exemplify these particular qualities to be a good leader. To be a good leader. We're going to go to Matthew 5 and 14. Matthew 5, verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Right, giveth light to all that are in the house. So the ultimate goal of all spiritual leadership, brothers and sisters, is that others might come to learn to glorify the Most High God. That's the whole point of being a leader. 
this text shows that there's an attitude and a lifestyle that is so distinctive that when it appears in the arena of fallen humanity, it gives valid evidence that there is a God and that he must be gloriously trustworthy. Read that again, brother, please, from the top. Verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Right, so if you're a leader, people that spend time with you frequently should learn something from you, something righteous from you. Even if they don't agree, they, they still learned it from you. Every person that come in contact with you, brothers and sisters, should be in danger of hearing some truth. That's just the way it should be, brothers and sisters. Leadership. Even though people may not agree with you, they may not like you, they may not understand why you do the Sabbath thing and don't celebrate holidays, they will respect it, though. They will respect it because you don't compromise. So they will respect it. Uh, what scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished 15. All right. Can we read 16, brother? Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. See? So great leaders invest in others. That's the whole purpose of being a great leader. Is to invest some time, some seed into some brothers, some sisters. That's what it's about, brothers and sisters. The only way you can show somebody how to please the Most High is what? Proverbs 16 and 12. Proverbs, wisdom scriptures. Brothers and sisters, these are the things that we want to work on so we can make sure that our leadership qualities are equitable. These are the things the Bible tells us that we should do. Therefore, that will allow you to leave whatever situation that you're in, whatever situation. And that doesn't mean you have to be the only leader. There can be, a, like the Bible said, there should be many counselors. There should be many leaders. You, you should surround yourself with leaders. Uh, verse 12, brother. Proverbs 16, verse 12. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness. Read that again, brother. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness. See? So leadership is rooted in righteousness. Kings are righteous. It's an abomination for a king to deal with sin. For a leader to deal with sin. And that's how the throne is established. That's how we must look at it. I'm a king. I, I hate it, man that out of here. That's abomination. I, I, listen, man. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 12. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. See, the throne is established by righteousness, brothers and sisters. So leading requires integrity. If you want your leadership to have deep roots, which will eventually lead to healthy fruit, you need to weed out the compromise and the shortcuts, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 12. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. Right. So you must be utterly repudiated by iniquity, brothers and sisters. Good leaders understand that their life is an example for followers, brothers and sisters. Uh a person who's a leader understands the power of his influence, the things that he's doing, the things that he's saying. This understanding helps a leader pursue righteousness. 
We're going to go to Proverbs 28 and 15. Just a few chapters over. Righteousness. A good leader must have his feet planted in righteousness. He or she. Righteousness. Proverbs 28 verse 15. As a roaring lion and a ranging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. Read that again, brother. Verse 15. As a roaring lion and a ranging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. See? So the leader who cannot control himself will not be able to command the respect of those who he leads. So self-control. You must have self-control if you want to be a leader of any sort, of a family, uh, at a job, sports. You must be disciplined. Because a man who cannot discipline himself or control himself cannot command the respect of those that he's looking to lead, brothers and sisters. So that's something that we must work on. We must be disciplined. We must be disciplined. A man without any self-restraint, without any self-denial, he's not a man. He's a boy. He's a child. He's an adolescent. He can't control himself. No self-denial. No, you know, no self-denial. So, for those of us, brothers and sisters, who want to be elevated to a position of leadership to lead our friends and our family and our co-workers, we must plant our feet in righteousness and delight in the Most High's word and seek his direction and be humble. These are all qualities of a great leader. And you can implement these even if it doesn't have to do with the Bible. In the workforce, you can use this. At the job, you can use this amongst your family. If you use these qualities, brothers and sisters, if you use these qualities, the Most High will elevate you to leadership because He can trust you. He can trust you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. As a roaring lion and a ranging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. A good leader has self-control, brothers and sisters. Self-control. We're going to go to Proverbs 29 and 25. Just one chapter over, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Read that again, brother. Verse 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Right. So you must be thick-skinned. That's what this, is, this means, brothers and sisters. The greatest freedom is having nothing to prove and no one to impress. Good leaders are more concerned about pleasing the most high than their popularity with others. That's the way it must be, brothers and sisters. The, 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 the desire to honor men makes trusting the most high God impossible, brothers and sisters. You must know that. So a good leader, a leader who has his eyes on receiving the praise of men... And not focused on receiving the praise of the Most High is a terrible leader. He would not make a good leader because he's worried about what everybody thinks about him. A good leader take a stand for what he know is right and he's going to ride or he's going to die with that. No matter if nobody like him or everybody like him. It don't change. You don't need a, a good leader is not looking for, from, for approval from his friends or his family or his, his son and his wife. He's not looking for approval from that. He's looking for approval from the Most High. That's all that matters. If, if the Most High is happy with it, you're doing everything right. You're doing it beautifully. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 25. 
The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Right. So another characteristic of a good leader is he has no need for public approval. You must be able to go against the norm, brothers and sisters. You must be able to make be made fun of. You must be able to be criticized, brothers and sisters. First, we're going to go to Galatians 1 and 10 in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Because what comes with leadership? What comes with influence? Galatians 1 verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. So why are we bringing this up? Because you must understand, if you aspire to be in leadership position in some, in some form, you must know that criticism is the cost of influence, brothers and sisters. As long as you don't influence anybody, nobody will have a peep to say about you. Understand that, brothers and sisters. But the greater your influence, the more critics you're going to have. The more your influence, the more critics that's going to come with it, brothers and sisters. So leaders must understand the power of their influence and how people are going to react to that influence, brothers and sisters. Because you know, as long as you're not influencing nobody around you, they won't even bring your name up. But once you start influencing people in the in a in a positive fashion, your name's being brought up. It's being criticized. Now they're questioning everything about you from the way you dress to the way you talk to the foods you eat to when you used to celebrate the holidays. Why? Because the influence is there. And they don't want you influencing people around them. But I but understand this, brothers and sisters. Truth is the influence. And more people want to do what's right than what's wrong. Understand that criticism is the cost of influence. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. Or do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Right. See, so if you're looking to please a man or what a woman thinks should be, uh, you know, agreed upon, then you're not going to you're not going to be a leader because you're worried about what everybody else is saying rather than what you're reading in the Bible. So you must stick to, you know, if you're going to be a leader, you just stick to what the Bible says and don't drop that from anybody because those who you're leading are looking to you. So if you go off and say you can do these things, they're going to follow you and you're going to be held responsible for that. You will be held responsible for those that you're in leadership of. So we got to be very careful about what you display or what information you share. Only share what's biblical. Don't share your personal thoughts on, on, you know, how somebody should handle a situation. Well, you know, I would, you know, I would have went and got my gun and, and I would have pointed and like, yeah, you don't disrespect me. No, no. Well, listen, brother, Christ said forgive him. Soft words turn away wrath, brother. These, this is what leaders do. Leaders talk them off the ledge. When a brother's going over, a sister's going over, you talk them down. You don't give him more fire. I don't know who he think he talk. He don't know who you used to be. He don't know how you used to be in them streets. That's not a leader, brothers and sisters. You're an enabler. You're, you're trying to get your brother or your sister to sin. That's not a leader, brothers and sisters. A leader should know, uh, you know, somebody who's looking to you for leadership should know I can call him and he going he gonna to talk me down off the ledge. 
He gonna say something to make me calm. She gonna say something. She gonna she gonna put it eloquently to where I understand it and I'm gonna receive it. You know who those people are? Those people that you can call in your life who are always gonna be positive. You may not want to hear anything positive at that time, but you know if you call them, that's what you get. You ever notice people? You remember your grandma used to call her, and then you, she'd be praying for about thirty-five minutes every time you called. You like, man. Every time I call my grandma, it turns into a Bible study. I don't want to call her right now, man. I got things to do later. All right? This is what we must do, brothers and sisters. We must be that light. Because there's so much evil going on that you're probably the only friend amongst all, a lot of your friends who actually have some truth. So it's refreshing to see somebody doing something different. It's, it is refreshing. We're going to go to Psalms 37 and 7. We're talking about leadership, brothers and sisters. Leaders in training. We're leaders in training, brothers and sisters. And we're going to teach our children to be leaders. We're going to teach our siblings to be leaders. We're going to teach our co-workers to be leaders. Psalms 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Right. See, so a good leader finds stability and stillness. He must, be st he must find stability in stillness. It means he's not a busybody. He is patient. And there's stability in that stillness. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. So don't be distracted by others' success. Even if they're succeeding in wickedness, you can't be distracted by that. A leader cannot be distracted by that. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. See, so we must be focused, brothers and sisters. Developing patience, trust, and stillness before the Most High God will give you the stability you desire, and he will come through. Stability, brothers and sisters. A leader brings stability. He brings stillness. He brings calmness. Even when things aren't going right, you can look at the, it's just like the quarterback. When things are going down, you look at the quarterback and he's calm and you're like, all right, we're good. We're good. A leader must be calm, brothers and sisters, and must be still, even in the face of adversity. Because why? That's when a good leader is proven. When things aren't going right, you know, and it's going down, that's when a leader actually separates himself. That's when your family actually going to need you. When things start falling apart and not going right. That's where you elevate now. So you must have stability, brothers and sisters, and being still. And not trying to move all over the place and do this and do that and do this and do that and do this. That's not a good leader. Because you're taking everybody with you all over the place. We must be still, brothers and sisters. And that will be our stability. Read that one more time, Brother Corey. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Right. Fret not thyself because of him that prospereth in his way. So don't be distracted by others' success, brothers and sisters, even if they're succeeding or what appears to be succeeding through wickedness. We can't worry about that. Leaders don't worry about that. Leaders are not going to say, well... Man, I should, I could have just sold drugs. I could have if I really wanted to get I could have got some 30-inch rims. I could have just sold drugs. That's not a leader. Who what who, You can't lead anybody like that. You can't, brothers and sisters. 
Even if that's how you feel, you can't share that with somebody because why? You know your influence. You know how critical your influence is to your family, to your child, to your wife, to your son, whoever it is that you're looking to lead. You understand your influence. Uh, what scripture did you leave off on, brother? Just finished seven. All right, we're going to read verse 16 and 17, brother. Psalms 37, verse 16. Leadership, brothers and sisters. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. So true leadership is content, brothers and sisters. See, godly leaders should be grounded in righteousness. And righteousness is its own reward. So a leader is content. In whatever situation he's in, he's content. He's not like, well, you know, I wish I had more of this and this and I wish I was just making this. You know, no, he's content. He's showing how to be content and how to be still because those who follow him will learn to be content too. Not always questioning what they don't have or what they need or what's not going right. A leader must be content. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 16. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. Right. So sometimes it might feel like your leadership skills would be better compensated in another venue. But you must trust that the Most High God will honor your work and sacrifice, brothers and sisters. We must be content. A leader must be content. He must be happy with whatever situation the Most High put him in. So there's a lot of things that a leader must be cognizant of because how he, how he, his behavior when it comes to certain, certain topics determines those who follow him and what their level of uh, vigor is, what their level of endurance is. Because if the brother who I'm looking to as leadership can't endure it, how can I endure it? So you must be an example for the woman. That you're in a relationship with. For the daughter. For the son. The women must be to other young women. To their sons. To their daughters. Grandparents. To their sons. Their daughters. Their nieces. Their nephews. Their co-workers. Their workout partners. There is room for you to be leader, a leader. There's room for leadership. Brother Corey. Can you read Psalms 37 and 16 please? Verse 16. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth righteous. So true leadership, brothers and sisters, is content and collected. If you're leading a family, you're leading your children, your wife, you must be calm and collected. You must be under control because things are not always going to be under control. But if you are calm and under control as the leader, then those who are under you will be calm and in control. But if you're sporadic, you're worrisome, it's a burden to you. It's going to be like that for them because you're actually the leader. So if you're worried like this, well, how worried should they be? So your influence, brothers and sisters, as a leader, you must be content with whatever status you have. Whatever estate you're in, you must be content. We're going to go to Philippians 4 and 12 in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to read verse 12 and 13, brothers and sisters. Philippians 4, verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. So I know how to be low and I know how to be high on the pecking, the pecking order. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed. 
both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Right. So a quality leader learns to be content in every situation, brothers and sisters. Paul is setting himself as an example of contentment in leadership, brothers and sisters. We cannot look at our current experience to gauge God's pleasure or effectiveness of our work. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed. So if I'm low, I'm the same. I'm still happy. I'm the same man as when I have plenty. I'm the same man. I'm the same woman. I'm under control. I'm calm because I know that the Most High is going to provide for me. So when your bank account is low, your job, you lose your job, you don't become somebody different and an angry person, an irritable person. If you're the leader, you can't even be like that. You can't be like that, brothers and sisters. So the leadership, brothers, we're going to step up. We're going to take our leadership roles for our families, for our friends, for our nation. Our nation needs leaders, brothers and sisters. They have a bunch of celebrities up there with, without leadership qualities leading. For some reason, we got these black kids that are brainwashed. You know, society tells us we can only play sports and be rappers. I don't believe that. We can be doctors, lawyers, engineers, teachers, firemen, policemen. Our only role models don't have to be jocks and entertainers. And we've gotten pigeonholed because we famous black celebrities make so much money for the system. They pump us up. And then when we screw up, they crucify us. And that's why we are in the case as a people that we're, we are today. Uh, read verse 13, brother, please. Verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Read that again, brother. Verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened See? me. So the key to find our contentment in serving well and avoiding judging our success by looking at our situation, brothers and sisters. We can't look at our situation and say, well, my situation or my circumstances determine my success. As a leader, as a leader, you can't do that, brothers and sisters. You must be even keeled and content no matter what situation you're in. You must know that the Most High is going to provide. Sometimes he's going to give you a lot. Sometimes he's going to have you live on very little because he may need to bring you low because there's somebody who's low who he may need you to get to. And if you're too high, you may not be able to reach that person. So he'll bring you low and he will elevate you. And we must be content as leaders, brothers and sisters. We're going to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Just a few chapters over. Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Read that again, brother. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. So honorable leaders aren't ambitious for their own gain, brothers and sisters. A leader, a great leader, a good leader, a pure leader is not looking to benefit. He's not leading so he can benefit something. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Right. So the key to biblical leadership lies in keeping your eyes on the goal, brothers and sisters. The goal is to worship the Most High by serving others. Value others the way Christ did, brothers and sisters. That's what makes a great leader. It's how you value your brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 3. <clears throat> Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, 
but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. See, so it's about others. It's about serving others. The only way, the only sure way, brothers and sisters, that we can serve the Most High while avoiding Satan's pitfalls for leaders is that we must value people above ourselves. That's what makes a great leader, brothers and sisters, is that you value others. And it's not about you getting your glory or you getting some money or you being viewed as the smartest person in the room. It's not about that, brothers and sisters. It's about how you can elevate those around you. That's what it's about. It's about elevating those around you, helping develop those who are around you. We're going to go to Psalms 37 and 30. We're going to the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Psalms chapter 37, verse 30 and 31. Psalms 37, verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. Right. So a noble leader should continuously be cognizant to the things they say, because the words, are, you know, our words are an indicator of our spiritual condition. So we must be, as a leader, you must be cognizant of the, the words that you say, brothers and sisters. A good leader's words will bring light and life. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. See? So righteous would be on your lips, brothers and sisters. That's what you talk about. You talk about your God. You talk about how to help people. You talk about charity. You're talking about love. You're talking about prophecy. You're talking about history. These are the things you're talking about. You're talking about self-denial. This is what a righteous leader, he or she does, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother, from the top, please? Verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. See? So, a leader... Is using the word as a guide. Why? Verse 32. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. See, so they are watching, brothers and sisters. They're watching you. And because you have influence, they're looking to slay you. That's really what it's about. If you was just doing your thing and nobody was following or listening or taking heed to anything you're saying, they wouldn't have a problem with you at all. But it's the fact that you have influence because you're dealing with righteousness that makes them want to slay you, brothers and sisters. They are watching. They are watching. And you guys are going to rise above the fray. You're going to rise above the fray because you have the leadership qualities. We learned the leadership qualities from the Bible. We're going to go to Proverbs 16 and 21. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 21, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 16 and 21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Read that again, brother. Verse 21. The wise in heart shall, shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. The sweetness of the lips, brothers and sisters. What is this saying? If you examine it, what it's saying is the quality of your conversation will either be an impediment or an assistance to your leadership proficiency. 
the sweetness of your lips, the quality of your conversation. Good leaders recognize the weight of their words, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Right. So the sweetness of your lips will encourage those to actually want to hear what you have to say. Because they know when you talk, there's usually wisdom coming. So whenever you speak, a lot of times people will actually be quiet and listen to what, what you're saying. This is what happens, brothers and sisters. When they know that there's something wise that comes from a particular person, when you talk, a lot of times they'll listen to you. Because why? They know there's wisdom coming from you. You're not just dealing in foolish conversation. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it. But the instruction of the fools is folly. Right. So good leaders recognize the weight of their words, brothers and sisters. A good leader understands immoral conversation corrupts the strength of their words. The immoral conversation of those who are actually looking up to you hear that, then your words don't hold as much strength as they did before. So you have to be you know, cognizant of the things that you say around people, especially if you're uh, aspiring to be in a leadership position, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 15 and 18, New Testament. Follow us to the gospel, brothers and sisters. We're going over the, the spiritual qualities, the character traits that make a pure, unadulterated leader. Matthew 18, verse 18. Excuse me. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 18. Salakia. Matthew 15, verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. Right. So we're talking about sweet conversation, the quality of conversation. Christ tells us that the things that come out of someone's mouth originate in their heart. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth Come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. See? So we must delight in the word of the Most High God. Therefore, the words will come out as sweetness, as honey. People will love to listen to the instruction that you come, the jewels that you're going to drop. Because why? They can't hear it anywhere else, and it's different. It's new. So they will inquire, brothers and sisters. It's, it's on you to be able to eloquently deliver that message so they'll receive it. Because if you, you your fishing is not up to par, then the way in which you are presenting it to them may want that may either confuse them or may bore them. So you got to be you know you have to work on your fishing skills. All of us on you know how to present certain information in a in a fashion in which it can be received. Things can be easily digested based on its presentations, just like food. The presentation is right. It's easily digested, even if it's some harder understanding, even if it's something controversial. If you present it in a nice way, they can receive it, brothers and sisters. They can receive it. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. Right. So your words typically show the intent of your heart. What's in your heart? Is known by your words. So leader, a leader, whether it's a woman or a man, must be cognizant of how important or, you know, the weight of their words. 
We're going to go to Psalms 78 and 72. Psalms chapter 78, and we're going to read verse 72. Psalm 78, verse 72. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart. Read that again, brother. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart. One of the keys to successful leadership, brothers and sisters, is the, is the desire to live with character and with integrity. And guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. Right. So integrity is the quality or state of being sound morally, uh, uh, uprightness, honesty, and sincerity, brothers and sisters. That's what integrity is. Subsequently, our words are a strong indicator of our heart's condition. That's why we have to be cognizant and careful with the words that uh, the, the words that we choose to speak. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 72. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Right. So it's important that we pay attention to that, brothers and sisters, because strong leadership will come from the integrity of our heart, brothers and sisters. A leader's integrity come from within. His morals, his values, his principles. These are the, his sincerity. This is part of your integrity, brothers and sisters. We must have integrity in order to be righteous leaders, to be efficient leaders, to be effective leaders. We're going to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Right. So elite leaders, supreme, superior leaders, brothers and sisters, protect themselves from corruption. Why? Because we all know that the, you know... Physically speaking, we all know that the heart is a blood-pumping muscle, right? But biblically speaking, the heart represents our emotional, intellectual, and moral center. Our spiritual condition reveals itself in our actions. And a leader comprehends this and protects their core, protects their heart at all costs, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, Brother Corey, please. Verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Look at how, examine how the lips, the words are connected to the heart, brothers and sisters. So the things that come out of your mouth is truly what's in your heart. So we, got, we must be cognizant of what we advertise to people and what we promote, the weight of our words. Because you never know, something that you say can either offend somebody to the point where they don't want to deal with anything that you're saying, or it could give them life to be able to run into the kingdom. Read that one more time, brother, before we move on. Verse 24, put away, put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Right. We're going to go to 2 Peter 3 and 18, brothers and sisters. We're going to the New Testament. No, we're jumping around a lot, but this proves you that leadership is taught throughout the entire Bible. The whole Bible can be used as a leadership, uh, you know, as a leadership syllabus. Second Peter three and sixteen, as also in all his epistles, 
speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood. Read verse 18, brother, for me, please. Verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Christ. Read that again, brother. But grow in grace. Grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Christ. So you must learn, you must grow in knowledge also. So exceptional leaders are constantly learning, constantly approving, brothers and sisters. They don't rest on their laurels and say, well, I got enough, you know, I know enough. I don't need to learn no more. Effective leaders are self-aware, brothers and sisters. They are able to see their strengths and their weaknesses with a great deal of objectivity. They seek out critical evaluations from people who they trust to tell them the truth. So a good leader continues to work at it, continues to learn, continues to add, continues to add knowledge, continues to be humble. Not saying, well, you know, I know this much. I, I you know, I don't need to know no more. No, if you're going to be a leader, you must stay ahead of the flock. You must stay ahead of the flock. That means you must continuously learn. You must always learn. I told myself, I'm going to write down a new word and its definition every week. And I'm going to know a new word every week and its definition and be able to use it in a sentence. Now, I didn't know if that was going to help me be a good orator or not. I, something I made a goal to myself. And that's what we have to do, brothers and sisters. We have to make goals for ourselves to say, you know, every week I want to learn one thing that I didn't know last week. I want to just learn one thing for the most high. You must challenge yourself, brothers and sisters, especially if you're looking to be a leader. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Right. So a good leader, brothers and sisters, is self-aware. They are constant because they're self-aware. They're constantly looking to improve themselves. So a good leader don't just say, well, I got this knowledge, I'm done, I'll learn. A good leader continues to learn, continues to learn. A good boxer, even though he wins a fight, he continues to train. A good basketball player in the offseason, they come back with new moves that they didn't have last year because that's what the greats do. The greats continue to ascend and elevate. That's what we must do. We must never be too proud to think that we don't need to learn, brothers and sisters. No matter how many scriptures we know, we must continue to learn. We must continue to perfect ourselves because none of us are perfect. I don't care how many scriptures somebody know. Nobody's perfect. So there's always something that we can work on. And if you're in a leadership position, it would behoove you to attend to whatever it is that, you know, that the struggle is. Each and every one of us, brothers and sisters, must continue to grow and be better. That's leadership. We're going to go to Proverbs 24 and 10. Proverbs chapter 24, we're going to read verse 10. Proverbs 24, verse 10. If thou faint, <clears throat> if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Read that again, brother. If thou, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. See, so transcendent leaders are made in troubled times. If it's just too much for you and you just can't do it and you just need to give up, you just need to run back to Satan and do it Satan's way because it's easier. Your strength is, you have no strength. It's minuscule. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. 
If thou faint in a day of adversity, thy strength is small. So hopefully, brothers and sisters, don't aspire to leadership to walk an easy path. Leaders are needed when the road gets rockiest and the path is unsure. That's when leaders need it, brothers and sisters. That's when leaders are needed, not when everything's good. So a leader's mettle is truly tested in the toughest moments. So if you're a leader, you must be able to take adversity. You must be able to take adversity and continue to endure and to help those who are looking to you for guidance and counsel to be able to endure too. Read that one more time, brother, please. Proverbs 24 and 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Right. So we must learn endurance, brothers and sisters. We must know that transcendent leaders, superior leaders are made within the fire. They're made in the furnace of affliction. When you go through these things, this molds your leadership. How can you be a leader and you haven't been through anything? How are you going to lead somebody? You haven't been through anything. Exactly. So the Most High put us through these things so we can learn leadership qualities. We must submit to him. Therefore, he will allow us to lead. If we don't submit to him, it would be spiritual malpractice for him to allow us to lead anybody. Because we haven't even submitted to him, brothers and sisters. So what are we going to do? We're going to submit to the Most High. We're going to humble ourselves. And we're going to be obedient. We're going to Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Luke 12, verse 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of, of him, they will ask the more. So true leadership recognizes the rule of reciprocity, brothers and sisters. The more authority and influence you have, the more is going to be required of you, brothers and sisters. Every promotion and growth in leadership needs to come with sober reflection. Read that again, please, brother, please. Verse 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. Right. So the more authority and influence you have, brothers and sisters, the more that will be required of you. So a good leader recognizes the rule of reciprocity. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Peter 2 and 9, and we're going to end it here, brothers and sisters. Today, we went through scriptures that would help us become righteous leaders. Today, we went into scriptures that would help us be role models in our communities, amongst our family, amongst our friends, women and men, teenagers, young kids. Everybody can learn a little about leadership, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of us can take some of the things that the Bible stresses for us to implement and use that to, to, to raise the level of efficiency with your leadership ability. We're going to 1 Peter chapter 2 and 9. To whom much is given, much is required. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation. Read that again, brother. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, 
that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Right. So, brothers and sisters, our destiny is to become rulers who not only judge all of humanity, but the angels as well, brothers and sisters. But first, we must develop pure, unadulterated leadership. To whom much is given, much is required. This is how much the Most High has given us. So you understand how much will be required. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So specifically, the men, the men must pick up this Bible and become leaders again. And the women... If you set a good example for them, the women will follow you because they want to follow what's right. Women want to be led. They don't want to be led by a man who has no purpose, though. They don't want to be led by a man who has no direction, though. That's the thing. So once we have the direction and the purpose, then we facilitate giving that light to our family, to our friends, brothers and sisters. What Israel needs worldwide is spirit-filled, Bible-saturated, christ Exalting, self-abasing, untiring, persevering leaders who desert, uh, who exert deep, a deep, broad, life-changing influence for Christ, brothers and sisters. These are the things that are required of the children of Israel. The children of Israel, it's not going to be one leader like Moses. We're all supposed to be leaders, brothers and sisters. This is how our nation flourishes. By the men becoming leaders, the women becoming leaders behind the man. They, women can lead in their own feminine way. Behind the man, brothers and sisters. Men have to step up, take their righteous power back, and become role models for our families. The sisters are looking at you men to lead. The children are looking at you men to lead, brothers and sisters. It's imperative that the men, if nobody else picked this up, the men must pick this up. The men must pick this up because why? The man have the most influence. The man have an influence. As you get older, in the beginning, the younger stages, it's a woman. You don't want a child's young because she carried him for nine months. But as that child get older, that's when the father becomes more important. His, his structure, his discipline become more important as a child get older. While they're young, of course, the mother is going to have that connection because she's the nurturer. But as that child gets older, the importance of the man elevates. So today's lesson, brothers and sisters, uh, we went into some spiritual training as it pertains to leadership. Spiritual leadership, brothers and sisters. Leadership in wisdom. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more.